Hi there. And uh, in the summer of 2001, <clears throat> just after WWF had purchased WCW, the invasion angle kicked off and it continued to run through into this year's SummerSlam, which pretty much themed around it, uh, which makes this one quite unique. Then uh, a lot of new faces that were un maybe be unfamiliar to the WWF audience were coming on this show at the time. So... <clears throat> Here's a, a quick review of SummerSlam 2001, and it kicks off with the Intercontinental title. It's a title match between Edge and Lance Storm. Uh, but very good match, really good ideal opener, fast pace, gets the show off to a really strong start. What you've got here is the match works really well. You've got Edge, who's just not long really branching it, starting to really branch into his singles career. he just won King of the Ring a couple of months earlier, and he promised not to Billy Bitch Cakes it, as Billy Gunn did in 1999. But, uh, yeah, um, very good opener. Edge gets the win. Just what he needed, gets the show off to a strong start, uh, a strong feel-good start for the, the WWF audience in that sense. Uh, the ideal guy goes over here, the, you're building the new star for the future here, and Lance Storm, as great as a wrestler he is, he's boring, so basically he's good in the ring, but he's boring, so that's why you need, he's living proof that you need more than just moves, but he was the ideal guy to put Edge over here, so it, it worked really well. Up next you've got Test and the Dudley Boys versus Spike and the APA, Spike Dudley and the APA um, in a six-man tag. Before the match, what you've got here is a really great promo backstage by Test. It's, he wasn't really known for his charisma or promo ability, but honestly, though, it was really damn good. Really damn fine promo. Much better than all the stuff that you, the vast majority of the stuff you see nowadays. So, there you go, really taken aback by that. But yeah, um, that's just fine. Again, good little fast paced match. Quite well done. Uh, Shane McMahon interferes. It's uh, Bradshaw with the chair, so the Dudleys and Tess pick up the win here. This was uh, pretty good, I've got to say. Pretty good match. Went, and again, nice fast pace to went really well, so all, overall thumbs up for this one. And up next we've got X-Pac against Tajiri. I think this was for the light heavyweight or cruiserweight titles at the time. At first I was a bit confused about this because I was thinking to myself, why are the why is JR for Tajiri and Paul Heyman for X Pac? I couldn't really remember this. And I thought this is a bit odd. But actually uh, I was forgetting Tajiri actually was with the WWF before the invasion angle started. I remember he used to pal a bit with William Regal and things like that, so that would explain that, and I think X-Pac must have defect defected. But uh, yeah, this is actually a very strong match, quite enjoyable. Uh, this is exactly what these uh, cruiserweight matches need to be. To be honest, a nice little pace to it. goes along very well. Funny enough, the finish is very similar to what the way X-Pac won the year before in a pretty boring match against Road Dog, but this time he does that because uh, Tajiri gets gets uh, distracted by Albert spitting the mist at him, but then he gets the low blow from X-Pac and the X-Pac and X-Pac wins. So overall, yeah, yeah, this was really good, exactly what it needed to be. Uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. So there you have it. And coming up next. We have Chris Jericho against Rhino. I have to be honest here. I didn't actually. I couldn't actually find the full match again for this, but I do remember watching this years back and enjoying it. So I did rewatch some of the 
highlights of it. It's a good, from what I can remember and from what I can see, it's a good fast-paced match. I, I remember a lot of the build-up from this as well. With uh, Chris, this is part of the time when Chris Jericho was just tormenting Stephanie. <laughs> you know, you've got the "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor" as the theme song for this. Well, remember when in the build-up when he said to Stephanie, "Let the boobies hit the floor." Immature, but funny. That's all that matters. And. Yeah, imagine if trying to do that these days, the SGWs would have an absolute fit. They just wouldn't allow it, but there you have it. But that match is enjoyable. Chris Jer- uh, Jericho wins by submission. The only thing you could say is you could maybe have protected Rhino a little bit better. You've got this monster tapping out. But all in all, it was very good. Rhino was one of the guys from ECW. I've never been a big ECW fan, as I've said before, but he was one of the guys that came over who I actually did like. So and he's got a bit of character, a bit of personality. He did some good work with Heath Slater back in twenty sixteen with that tag team. That really got popular. So yeah, good stuff. I enjoyed this quite a bit. Up next is a ladder match for the hardcore title: RVD versus uh, Jeff Hardy. I've got to put my hands up and say I'm not a fan of either of these guys. To be honest with you, I think they're quite overrated. But I like this match. Because I think these two, honestly, are spot monkeys. They are. They're, 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 I've just never seen the, the big appeal with them. They're spot monkeys. But put them in a ladder match together, and it actually works. Even then, it's not as great as some of the other ladder matches we've seen, but it works. It's a good match. It's a good solid match. RVD wins. It's the right guy to win because you're trying to establish somebody new in the company. So there you have it. I've always sort of thought a lot of the anti-smarks, as they like to call themselves, really love these two guys and I'm thinking to myself they say that they love people that have charisma and can cut good promos and but they don't like spot monkeys and all that but flippity flop spot monkeys but let's be real both RVD and Jeff Hardy are that and uh, I can't ever remember a decent promo from either of the pair of them but (laughs) there you have it but this match is actually pretty good I liked it so there you have it and I'll say one thing it was a lot better than the next match. Undertaker and Kane versus DDP and Chris Canyon in a steel cage match. Oh, dear God. I think this was for the unified, the unified the WCW and WWF Tag Championship. Oh, dear God. This match is the absolute drizzling shits. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say this is one of the worst matches in SummerSlam history. I genuinely thought it was God, utter pish. You've got this storyline, I remember, with the the stalker who was stalking the Undertaker's wife actually had a lot of promise. And then it was quite well done, well produced. There was a lot of unsettling things to it. It turns out to be DDP, which is fine. It, it brings in somebody from WCW and introducing them to the audience. So it's a good way of introducing them if you'd be Taker. And then after this, it just seemed to go nowhere. It was just garbage. I mean, it's such a personal feud and things like that. Why would Undertaker give a fuck about the tag titles? Why would Undertaker give a fuck about the tag titles at the best of time? But, you know, especially when it's a personal blood feud like this, this really needed to be settled in a singles match with some sort of real stipulation proper. I mean, a steel cage is fine and everything, but this is this is a kind of... A real, bl- I don't know if you'd want to do a Hell in a Cell because DDP really wasn't that big of a name, but you know, some sort of a big blow off here, big personal feud here, but a tag title match. 
I get it, it's in the cage and they basically bury DDP at the end, he ends up being left on his own Undertaker and Kane and you're just like, why Why are we meant to take this guy seriously after this? It was, the match itself was boring, nothing remotely interesting happens in it. So that's basically the second year in a row you've completely wasted Undertaker and Kane. Ugh, complete shite. <laughs> Moving on to something much better. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kurt Angle for the WWF title. Now, this is much more like it. This is a great match. Absolutely love it. It's fast-paced. You see the video package as well. The build-up looked fantastic to this. You see Stone Cold. I vaguely remember bits of it, but Stone Cold had defected to the Alliance. That invasion basically betrayed Kurt Angle a month earlier. And you see some of the highlights as well. I vaguely remember when he's like whipping Taz and things like that. Great stuff here. And uh, the match itself, really fast-paced, thoroughly enjoyable. And it's got. A, this is one of those ones when it's got a DQ finish, but it actually, it's fine. I've got no problem with the DQ finish. A lot of people would complain saying, hey, it's good to have a clean finish. Eh, not always. Not always. A DQ sometimes works, and it worked in this sense here. You had like Stone Cold beating up the referees and things like that, but then Angle eventually hits the Angle Slam, but the Alliance referee, Nick Patrick, comes down and disqualifies Austin so he can keep the title. <laughs> Good finish, I thought it was well done. And it also also fed into keeping the storyline going. There's a reason for another match to keep going. So honestly, well played. Really love this match. Match of the night. And then Angle at the end just beats the shit out of Nick Patrick. To be fair, it is heavily telegraphed in the commentary before when they start talking about disqualifications and how you can keep the title with that. It is heavily telegraphed, I must add. But there you go, great match. And we come to the main event, The Rock versus Booker T for the WCW title. Now, you could argue Austin and Angle is against each other's maybe a bigger name match and should main event. But then, on the flip side, it didn't have the clean finish, of course. Whereas this was all... So this match actually did make sense, the main event, because it was The Rock's first match back after... It was The Rock's first match back after our first pay-per-view I should say back after WrestleMania 17 plus as well you're swapping the at, at this point you're going into the, the last part of the night with WCW with both the world titles so at the end of the day you swap it around by the end of the night you've got the titles each brand's title on the diff, with the different company which works well here and you've got um, Rock, Rock with this is a really good enter, thoroughly entertaining thoroughly enjoyable fast-paced match as far as SummerSlam main events go it's much better than the previous two years' triple threat matches, even if it doesn't scale the heights of, say, Brett and Taker in 97 or Austin and Taker in 98. This is still a f- really excellent main event, thoroughly enjoyable. You got the feel-good ending with The Rock winning. The Rock, you can see the crowd is still with The Rock, even though he'd been away to Hollywood for a few months at this point in time. They hadn't turned on him yet, which kind of shows there, there weren't too many smarts at this time. So there you have it. But yeah, this was really good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So overall, uh, this show was better than I remember. I'd forgotten large parts of it. If you take out Undertaker and Kane, then I actually liked pretty much everything in the show. Well, other than Paul Heyman's commentary. God, Paul Heyman's shit. Seriously. He is so overrated when it comes to just, not just his management, the way he ran ECW and God, he's, he's just unbearable. And he's promos for the last few years have just been the absolute shits but drown out Paul Heyman and actually 
and that shitty tag team title match, and everyone's actually really good. And I would say it done well. Does it scale the heights of 1998? SummerSlam 2001 is better than 99 and 2000 I would say I enjoyed it quite a bit and I know people say oh the invasion angle blah 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 yeah it was it kind of got silly after a while when there was too many defections every week for four months straight that did become a bit too much it was exciting to begin with and I know a lot of people say well WWF should have just bought out the contracts and got Goldberg and Nash and Hall and Hogan right away you're just like yeah, but would it, it's business though at the end of the day. It would have been cool to see it, but at the end of the day, it's business. And if you blew your load too quickly, then there you have it. It is what it is. It wasn't perfect, but it had its moments, the invasion angle. So, and I actually like this show, so there you have it. So, um, anyway, thanks very much for listening here. I'll be looking at the catch up on SummerSlam 2002, hopefully, coming up for review of that shortly. So, thanks for your time. Thanks. Yeah, goodbye.